Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hello, this is Man Baggage. We're talking about worry. Worrying, does it affect men differently than it affects women? I'm joined by Ola Labib and Matty Lee. Do you think, Matty, that a certain amount of worry is useful as it shows us our limitations, if you know what I mean? Like, if you've got no worry at all, like your proper psychopath that doesn't, never, never concerned, never thinks about anything, it can lead to a, a recklessness when it comes to work. I mean, it's just thinking of sport. I'm not suggesting Lance Armstrong is a psychopath, by the way. But if you think of someone like Lance Armstrong, who's just simply not scared of anything or consequences or anyone and fuck everyone, we saw how that story ended. You need a little bit of worry built. It's almost like a break that's like, mm, if I do that, if I attempt, I'd love to be the first person to do a quadruple 15-metre drop, but uh, I do quite like my collarbone where it is. Maybe, <laughs> yeah. I, maybe I won't be. <laughs> yeah, like, of, of course. Like, yeah, obviously, your health is, like, priority because if you're injured, you can't compete or you can't train or whatever. And also, like, with the Lansan, like, obviously, he clearly didn't worry and thought he was invincible and then, boom, like... Obviously, that all happened. So, like, there is, I guess, a good type of worry in sport, but also not you don't want too much because then that's a detriment, and then you you don't try new things when you should. But obviously, you don't want to try crazy new things. You know what I mean? But that that would be a question I would ask you, so that people listening to this have got some takeout. When I'm listening to professional athletes, they often like I'm addicted to this high performance podcast, which is almost all athletes but there's always stuff in there that we can use in our everyday life to try and like upgrade our high performance have a listen to that if you um, want to subscribe to new podcasts but what are your strategies for dealing with worry that's starting to eat into a big night before and this could be for everyone else listening you've got a big meeting the next day you're getting married next week you've got a first date there's whatever it is what strategies or coping or what have you learned that's a really practical thing you can do to dial down the heart rate and to not worry how do how do you deal with that um i think mainly uh, what i do is um a, like i have a routine and i stick to it like especially like the night before the morning of a, comp- a big competition and like it doesn't have to be a competition it can be a meeting or a job interview or whatever and then just kind of doing the like it's almost like a checklist so like you know you wake up brush your teeth like you just yeah and you just keep it very basic and simple so you're not overcomplicating anything and and that's that's what i do and i keep it as as close as i can to that as possible wherever i am in the world and one thing that I kind of learned to really help when I get really nervous and that's the type of worry, like is um, 
I can't, I can never say the word properly, like visualization. Mm-hmm. And like, obviously when I'm spinning around in the, in a dive, like I'm, I can vi- visualize me doing that. But also like it, I, I actually learned that from a family member who, who does big talks for her job to loads of people and she'd get really nervous and then she'd kind of visualize herself doing that. And then your brain already knows you've done that almost. So what you, you visualize yourself in her example, she's visualizing herself doing it calmly and with authority and it going well. And she's visualized it so much that when she steps on the stage to do it for real, it's like a prophecy fulfilling itself. Yeah, exactly. It's like second nature. It's when you, when you step up onto the, the, the platform or, you know, I don't know, a meeting room or whatever, or that little po- the podium, whatever thing you stand against when you're doing a big talk. Um, you just you're just ready and you you feel like you've done that before so you're less nervous and you less mm. you worry less what about you Ola? i mean i like that mike tyson quote everyone has a plan until they're punched in the face that's one of my favorite quotes <laughs> but um because comedy is a little bit like it is different to a talk or a dive in that you can do the positive visualization but if you step on the stage and as has happened a dildo flies from a hen party in the in the audience i mean your visualization's gone straight away is you've got it needs to be a strong visualization that carries on through that because there's not as many constants when you step up on the diving board there's lots of things i suppose the crowd could make a noise you're not expecting but the constants of they're quite constant whereas in stand-up for example and a lot of jobs you might be a teacher you can't really tell what you're going to be walking into so do you use anything other than visualization to help with that ready for the first tyson punch to the face oh uh, i've never i've never had anyone for a dildo at me on stage you must have had gigs where when you've walked on you've not felt as welcome as you might have hoped (laughs) oh yeah 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 oh definitely um yeah so there's certain places in the uk where um you're not welcomed as uh happily as others so um i tend to expect the worst but sometimes worse than what you think is going to happen happens, and I think I, I think Russell's with, with, with unexpected heckles. Sometimes you kind of know what kind of heckles you're going to get, but it's those really unexpected ones that really put you on the spot. What's the worst you've had? If you don't mind, you might not want to put it out there. But what's the what's the worst that's happened to you? Um, the worst is I did a gig at Wigan. That's the end of the story. <laughs> oh, that's terrible. <laughs> oh, that's just, I, oh, that's too much. We can't put that out. <laughs> I'm Matty could bloody be from Wigan. I better watch myself. Yeah, go Are on. Are you? <laughs> then we're definitely here for a Tyson fight. Go on, what happened? Um, what happened? What happened? Someone was literally, this guy just wouldn't shut up and he kept telling me to take off my hijab and he just kept telling me to take it off. And um, I was just like, so I had to stop. And I was like, why are you, I was like what is your problem? Like, what, what do you want? He was like, take it off. We don't know what you're hiding underneath there. So I was like, oh, Fuck. I can show you if you want. <laughs> so for the benefit of listeners, Ola just pulled a single finger out from under her hijab and sweared down the camera. Very funny. And I bet that brought the house down, did it not? Yeah, to the people that were sober in the room and the ones that weren't like high. But um... <laughs> Have you ever considered having like another, like about four hijabs? So you take one off and there's like another comedy one underneath. I saw Harry, <laughs> I saw Harry Hill do that with lots of different hats. He kept taking the hat off and there was always another hat underneath. <laughs> uh, I did it one time like for a, for a sketch where um, it was about the uh, French hijab ban and they were basically making people before they go into universities and stuff take off their hijab so i did a sketch where someone asked me to take it off and i took it off and there was just another one so it was like a russian doll effect so ah like... great minds great minds great minds think alive you know? yep 
So listen, here's here's the long and short of it, people. Worrying does not help you deal with negative events. I wanted to discuss it to get your opinions. It wasn't a trick, but this has been researched. Some people believe that worry helps them prepare for a negative outcome, motivates them to do better or shows others that they care. However, current research demonstrates that worry does not make it easier to deal with negative events, nor does it appear to have any other benefits. So we could be better off staying in the Matty camp of like positive visualization without necessarily expecting the worst. I'm with you, Ola. I'm a very much expect the worst and then bathe in the best if it happens. But there is no evidence that that is a healthy thing to do. In fact, quite the contrary. Worrying makes you more indecisive. 17% of men report feeling nervous, anxious or worried on a regular basis. Worrying ramps up production of the stress hormone cortisol and makes you more indecisive as well as makes you have more bloody heart attacks. Uh, when you're too busy fretting over making the wrong move or about all the bad stuff that might happen in the future, you miss out on making life decisions. In other words, Nike tick, just do it. It's easier said than done, though. Oh, God, yeah. Easier. It's, it's so much easier said than done. But um, it was really interesting you say that. I was reading about like some autoimmune diseases and like what triggers it. And stress and worry is the most triggering things that can affect you. Like if you're stressed all the time, it, it increases your risk of all these things. But yeah, it's easier said than done. Social media. We can't um, not talk about that, Matty. Now, you are one of the few people that I've had on here that actually has a really good excuse to be topless on your social media the whole time. It is like <laughs> gold covered card where you're doing topless selfies and no one can accuse you of being attention seeking. Unlike when I do it and make torso of the week, <laughs> as I did last month, people Google it. Um, but really, when I did it, attention seeking twat is what I look like with no excuse. Holding a microphone, telling jokes, fine. Total, I should be doing that on my social media. But do you think social media makes us worry more when we're looking at perfect bods all the time? Not yours, Matty, we have to see yours. I'm not asking you to do clothed diving. We like our medals too much. <laughs> I I think so, yeah, uh, almost 100%. I, I believe that social media doesn't help towards uh, worrying because then you're exposed to a lot, a lot of other different body types um lifestyles all that sort of stuff and i think before you wouldn't you would have never i guess been ex you just kind of exposed to what you're around but do you look at other divers social media feeds and does it does it fuck you up if like they've turned the perfect dive into a gif and you're just having to watch it over and over again this triple roll i mean yeah like i, I have definitely um looked at other like I, I, like it's almost like spying like to see how they're doing i'm like oh god they look good like damn like that was a really good dive and then, but it's so it's funny then because then I do worry, and then I get to competition, and they don't do that because training and also social media isn't always correct, isn't mm -hmm. like it's it's everyone's um, highlight reel realistically. And then I get to competition, and then they're, they're not as good as that one training video that they did. But I do find myself worrying, and also I do comp even though I sometimes I'm in great shape, I'm not in the best shape right now. Uh, but I do compare myself to other divers' bodies, and other, and I and I'm like damn like. I would, like I wish I looked like that. Has there ever been like a proper like Dave Lager diver that's good? I'd love that if like the, the one person who represented Britain had a massive beer belly, couple of tats, <laughs> shaving head, but he was the absolute bollocks. Wouldn't that, wouldn't that be a, wouldn't that be a hero we could all get behind? <laughs> It'd be great. I think there was a um, there was an advert a while ago. It was a comedian and it was like a, something to do with beer, and he did like a bomb off one of the diving boys, and it was hilarious. But no, there isn't really. Everyone's pretty much like. But if you go to like, if you lower a few levels down, or if you ever watch an adult diving lesson, it's the funniest thing you'll ever see. Oh, mate, I'll have to go and watch that. Sounds wicked. <laughs> 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. So... Oh, like, you could go two ways with this. Yeah, we've, we're saying social media makes us worry more, but doesn't it sometimes make us worry less because we can just scroll and not deal with real life? Just looking at pictures of burgers and watches like I do, like a loser. No, <laughs> I, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't think I have the same worry as you, Matty. Like, um, I think with comedy, one of the uh, perks of it is that it doesn't matter how you look, um, big, small, black, white, like whatever it is, um, you can still do it and you don't have to have the pressure of well I think people like Russell have to worry because uh he's a white straight male so <laughs> he's like hmm, what diversity box can I potentially tick working um, class council but, state homeless mother and baby shelter till I was one boom in radio four there you go <laughs> <laughs> I'm diversity me... on radio four because I sat I, I'm like hello this is radio four the oh god we don't have any voices like that <laughs> I go straight in, straight to the top of the food chain there. <laughs> On TV, I get muddled in with, like, Ollie Smythe, who went to Eton. Oh, we've already got Ollie Smythe, and you're basically the same. I'm like, pretty sure Ollie Smythe <laughs> didn't start in a mother and baby shelter in Enfield. Anyway, fair play. <laughs> oh, shit. Um, oh, I forgot what I was going to fucking say now. Sorry, sorry. We started from scrolling to avoid our worries and trying to look at other people who are like us and trying to make a point of difference and comparing ourselves to other people on social media. Do you do that? You seem, you seem supremely confident. I can't imagine you doing that. Mm, you, you'd be surprised, like, how much... So I feel like, especially, like, on TV in the comedy world, you're kind of boxed. So every black man is competing against every other black man. Every Muslim, there's a competition. Every So, like, you... You know, when um, when I'm doing comedy and there's other Muslims, they'll send it to me. They'll be like, oh, have you seen her? Oh, she made it to this. Oh, have you seen her? She got this. And it's just like, I don't really know the purpose of it. I was like, I don't give a shit. Like, we're com- yeah. two completely different people. <laughs> it's just so annoying. But um, they feel that, they think that that puts pressure on me and makes me worry. But in actual fact, comedy's so diverse. Just because this is like my ethnicity, I don't really joke about it that much like there's more to me than that so I don't really really worry 
at all. Like I scroll and watch lots of um, you know, when people pop their spots and stuff. Oh, I love it. If it makes you feel any better, I like get quite a lot of um, sorry. We've already got Jason Manford. I'm like, what is that? What's that got to do with me? You're so different and they don't get it. It's so annoying. Oh I, the best one I ever had was we've already booked Miles Jupp. If you don't know who he is, a lovely bloke, you know, very well-spoken, sort of cricket commentating, elite educated chap. It's like, oh, great. Well, you've got that covered off him. We're the same person. So fucking... Uh, so I get about... a bit, oh, we've already got an Asian on the line. I'm like, I'm not fucking Asian. I'm from Africa. And they're Hindu, I'm Muslim. It's two completely different things. <laughs> but no, I get it. It's, it's, it's massive. It's a massive mistake. Uh, what about like wealth comparison on social media? I feel like that is, back in the day, it was enough to open your front door and see that number 32 had a newer car than you. That was stressful enough. Or learn that your cousin has got married to someone more successful than the person you've bagged. That was enough. Want it to have your aunties or your or your mum giving you pressure. Now it's like the whole work. Like, oh, Rihanna's got a nicer ass than me. I'm like, what the fuck am I worrying about Rihanna's ass for? I've ne- I've literally never met her. I used to have those issues with body because, like, I see people with like girls with these like toned, not six, but like proper toned stomach. I could, but the thing is, I don't give a shit because no one's ever going to see my fucking stomach except for my husband. So I really don't even care. But back then, like, I <laughs> I get that people compare themselves, especially with wealth. But do you know what, like. My dad always says money comes and goes and you may have something that they want that you don't kind of know it. So someone can be a multimillionaire and have loads of health issues and I could be like on minimum wage, but I could be the healthiest person. So with these kind of things, I reckon like in certain moments you care about them, but overall, like I'm actually lying. I fucking look up to millionaires and I'm like, why aren't I there? I really enjoyed Dubai Playground of the Rich on iPlayer as well. Recommendation. Uh, what about in a relationship, Matty? If you, do you need to be, because you seem like quite chilled, not too much of a worrier, is it better if you're with someone who has is across things? Like me and Lindsay are probably the other way around. I'm more of a worrier where she's like, don't worry about it, it'll be fine. And you need sort of one of each. You need one person keeping you chill and one person going, yeah, but let's buy some masks online just in case. Yeah, I think, I think, I think that's definitely... <laughs> I think that works better because if one person isn't worrying, the other does, and then it, like kind of works, uh, works well. But I was, I wanted to say like with with generation, I think with my generation, I think uh, everyone is just constantly trying to show off what they're doing and like you know and like oh I'm out of this nice meal and like it's like let's it's it's Valentine's Day today like I can just keep seeing like loads of people like posting I, it's nice it is nice I'm not like complaining but. At the same time, like it doesn't matter what you do, but it does make other people worry. Like I'm just like, oh god, mm. I've got no, I've got no, I've got nothing to post about uh, someone that I love. I mean, I love obviously my mum and other people, but you know what I mean. Like, don't post that, Matty. I'm just giving you a bit of advice. Yeah, uh, yeah man to man. At, at 23, <laughs> please don't post a Valentine's love message to your mum after this. Please. Oh, that was. So I'm just looking cute. out for you, bro. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. But also, I think the generation below me, like Gen, I don't know what it, it's called, but. I think they will have more of a like um like tr- I think they genuinely will try and stay away from social I, I, well I don't know but like I wonder if that's the next backlash like less social yeah. media use yeah like that's the next natural progression is to reject it like you know the way people sort of um sixteen to eighteen to twenty one are rejecting alcohol and embracing celibacy and doing all these things from like generations ago it's called straight edge they're <laughs> on straight edge they're all sober and and virginal and stuff and that's their rebellion against the sort of dominant culture 
So maybe we'll chuck social media. In. Listen, I would love. We we are, we've got two minutes left, and I would love to to wrap it without asking this one. I'm not doing it to make you feel awkward, but when we're researching this subject, I'm afraid this is the one of the number one worries that men have. In fact, it's the highest percentage worry shared by all men. Forty five percent of men worry. You guessed it about the size of their dicks. That's right. I mean, obviously, yeah, yeah, obviously yeah. for a highly chlorinated diver, I would imagine it's a lot higher, the statistic. But uh, 45% of men aren't satisfied with the size of their penis, according to a 60-year research review from the UK. That So even our granddads were stressing about the size of their Hamptons. That's rhyming slang, Hampton Wick, if you're not from London. Uh, but while a lot of guys <laughs> stress about penis, their penis being too small... The Cosmopolitan poll, and Cosmo is a mainline into real women's brains in my experience. Guess what percentage of women don't give a shit about dick size? 90%. So this really is an issue that's in men's heads, mostly, apart from the 11% of women who like an absolutely massive dong, clearly. I mean, <laughs> it'd, be, it'd be just my luck to only date those for the rest of my life. Not that I'm not hung like an Elizabethan peasant, obviously. <laughs> But uh, we like to think that we're in this sort of 2022 post-gender educated, liberally, you know, we're post-body. And then the most basic part of your body that designates you as a man, uh, uh, billions of years in the evolution seed pot, that makes no difference really to your spiritual self, is still the one unifying worry of every man, Gen Z and Gen A, because I'm guessing it starts again from the beginning after Z, so Gen Z and Gen A, all the way up to granddads, boomers, share this worry. Is my willy too small? I mean, um, are, is there any hope for men? I know a lot of women worry about the size of their breasts, but it's a different issue, in my opinion, because in the society we live in, most clothes and, and are designed in a way that women it's not something women can hide with. Men aren't walking around unless they want to be arrested with their dicks out. Admittedly, I was in Asda. It was a low time. Um, but do you know what I mean, Ola? Is it? I'm not suggesting women don't worry about their bodies, but to me, it seems like such a a pointless worry, if you pardon the pun, uh, for men to worry about. <laughs> I would worry about not having a dick, but it'd be pointless. No, uh, for men to worry worry about that. What, what age did the was the maximum age on that poll? Well, it's a 60 year research review showing that 60 years ago, probably men in their 20s and 30s were worrying about the same thing. So it's not like it's a recent thing that due to feminism, men are conscious about their willy size and pleasing women. This predates feminism. Men have, have been fixated on not being well hung enough before feminism. So we can't even do like misogynistic, oh, feminists have made us, done this to us. We can't even say that. It seems to be an intrinsic male worry. Well, I don't know. There's a saying that says, it's not the size of the boat, it's the motion of the ocean. Yeah, I think it was Pretty Patel that said that. There's <laughs> <laughs> a different context, I believe. <laughs> Oh, God, I'm dead. No, but seriously, I mean, you're, ha you're happily married. What can you say to all the men listening to this to put our minds at rest? It's what you do with it that counts. I, I, think, it's, it's, I think it's safe to say Matty should answer this question. Yeah, Matty, I mean, it's, not a lot is left to the imagination as you flap it in our faces in the name of a gold medal. Yeah. So I feel like the swimming pool is one area where you've had to get over this pretty quick. So you might have some tips. Pardon the pun again. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. I think when you didn't tell us what it was, I knew exactly what you were going to say. And 
like I remember the first time I think it was like you know you're in school high school I remember and like you know you're getting changed in the change rooms for PE I remember it, that was like one of the first times that people would worry and like I'd like you know like people would just turn around and like you know get changed really discreetly or whatever and I remember one kid got decagged and he got what DK yeah we shots uh shots came down but also his boxes came down oh. yeah and he was traumatized for a while and yeah um wasn't nice and there's there's always that one kid in the year who started puberty really early and has like massive balls and a hairy chest at 13 that bastard yeah and I think there's always that one one kid as well like who uh, just is gifted yeah stupidly yeah. gifted yeah and they'll and because they know it they, they flap they, it about literally and so like then you kind of I guess you might compare yourself and like oh bloody hell I'm, you know and I think with with obviously wearing trunks for so many years, like I can't hide, I can't hide out really at all. And I think you just, I think it it comes with maturity. For me, it's maturity. Like I just, I was, I definitely have uh, worried about it in the past, but now I'm just a bit like, well, like I, it's, I can't change it. I have had sex, so I know that like, it works. <laughs> Someone's showing off. Matty's had sex. What, <laughs> <Right>, Matty? <laughs> Yeah. So um, what? So have you been on holiday on your own as well? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know why I said it so discreetly. To me, it um, correlates with the other male worry about not being muscly enough because the, those it's strange. Men worry about the, the parts of their body that women don't seem to care about. And that is the difference between female worries and male worries. So girls are all neurotic and fucked up about being thin enough, flat enough tummies, big, big boobs or whatever. And when you question men, sure enough, they are the things that they're pressuring women about and the things that they're looking at. So women are right to be stressed about that because we live in a culture where that is focused on. Boom, the neurosis and the focus matches. Whereas men's neurosis, I need bigger muscles. I need to be 18 stone and have 3% body fat. The number of women actually looking for a man that you know looks like he's going to shit himself if he turns his neck too quickly and he's 18 stone, he's probably going to die of a steroid heart attack when he's 50. <laughs> It's, it's not actually many women. In fact, it's hardly any. It's almost like a fetish if a woman is into that. And yet, almost every man on the planet, I'm guessing even more than 45%, would like to be bigger. For who? For whom? It doesn't make sense because because women, like, from what I hear, no, I don't, I don't know any girl that, you know, when she talks about what she wants in a guy, she mentions how endowed he is. The number one thing that I hear is, he needs to be tall, he needs to be tall, he needs to be tall. tall so is height the is... Yeah. Yeah, way more than that. And to be honest, like nowadays, if we can find someone that is faithful and is, you know, provides, I <laughs> could, doesn't even matter if he. Oh, yeah, four didn't foot have eleven with an together. acorn. Fine. <laughs> He's four foot eleven with an acorn. That is a lovely bloke. <laughs> Do you know what? That would be a good would you rather, wouldn't it? Is to say, if you're born tomorrow, you're five foot six, you can either grow four inches in height or you can have like the best dick on the planet. It would be depressing to know how many men would stay the same height. <laughs> I've known someone who said that they would rather amputate their left hand and be six inches taller, which I find quite no. bizarre because he was five foot three. Mm. Do you know what? I think we're due for a height episode. I'm gonna that, that you've you've plugged it quite nicely. We've done it before. I think we're due for a follow up. Height's massive for girls and boys. Pun pun. Again, fuck. I'm, I've gone. I'm having like a pun attack. I need to terminate the recording. <laughs> Thank you very much to Ola Labiba, Matty Lee. If you've come here as fans of either of these two wonderful people, do hang around. Hit subscribe. Do leave a review as well. Make sure it's a nice one. Otherwise, I read all the negative ones and I just sit there worrying about it all night and then I can't get back to sleep. <laughs> Goodbye! <laughs> <laughs>
Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. 